Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about creating a social media presence on YouTube. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and the competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by friends of Pig Lube. Pig Lube brings you the best performance for your firearm by combining high-grade synthetic oil with nanoparticle technology. They also support the 2A community by sponsoring competitive shooters and firearm instructors everywhere. Order some Pig Lube today, and I'm sure you'll be telling your students about it because the unique applicator allows you to use less and to get it where you need it without the waste. Check out their other quality cleaning products and swag at piglube.net and use coupon code FTP20 for 20% off at checkout. Today, we are joined by John Korea of Active Self Protection. Welcome, John. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, super glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, I think most people out there probably know who John Korea is and uh, Active Self Protection, but for those people that don't recognize the name, don't uh, don't uh, watch YouTube channels. Can you give us a little bit of your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, my first big boy job in the world was I was in the military. Of course, that did me zero to learn anything remotely resembling self-defense. I, uh, I was in the U.S. Navy. I made hot water the hard way in Uncle Sam's Canoe Club for eight years. <laughs> <clears throat> and then um, I uh, transitioned from there and actually was in vocational pastoral ministry for 15 years in the Phoenix area when I got out of the Navy. And in the kind of early stages of that, I got into self-defense and firearms while I was actually in school still, in fact. And out of that, I started active self-protection because I've always had a hustle, uh, something on the side. I've always had a, a business going to kind of provide extra funds for the family most of my life. So it started Aspen in 2011, um, the way that most people would with like, you know, I got some NRA certs and started teaching classes, <clears throat> basic handgun classes, and I started studying martial arts as well in 2006. And so... Uh, now I am a, um, a martial artist. I have a second degree black belt and a derivative of Kempo Donizumas, and now I'm studying jiu-jitsu. Um, I have uh, pretty much all the firearms instructor certifications that you could probably think of. I can't, I mean, I, I train like a dog, so I'm a master firearms instructor in a lot of ways, and then uh, I do have two YouTube channels that we run um, and a Facebook page, Instagram, those kinds of things. So then if I'm known, if, if anybody knows me, they know me from my uh, YouTube channels almost exclusively for sure, uh, where I analyze real life self-defense incidents for lessons learned on the big channel and on the second channel, Active Self-Protection Extra. We uh, teach firearms, empty-handed skills, class act after action reviews, gear reviews, those kinds of things. So uh, we've got about, um, about 2.3 million uh, total followers across all platforms. And uh, we have now Aspa's nine employees, including me, which is crazy if you think about it. It started as a side hustle while I was doing ministry and teaching part-time. So uh, it's a labor of love that I'm greatly passionate about. Yeah, provides for a lot, lot of good, uh, good, good content and such. I know I've uh, referred to your videos many times, especially teaching instructor classes to where they kind of understand the dynamics behind it, behind uh, you know, a deadly force encounter. So. Yeah, they don't go how Hollywood teaches us, and they don't go the way a lot of people think. So I'm, I'm kind of an evidence-based guy. I like to look and say, what do we really need to, to be able to do? And um, my focus is on private citizens. I do have kind of a partial focus, another side focus on law enforcement. We do badge cams and stuff like that, too. 
but um, my main focus is private citizen encounters. And so there's a lot of mythology out there about the way that real gunfights go. And you hear that all the time. Well, you know, John, we know that real gunfights to do this. And I go, really? I mean, I've, I've analyzed 30,000 gunfights at this point, and I've just never seen that. So that's interesting that you would say that we just know that's the reality when I'm, I've never seen that happen. So um, mm-hmm. we just try to go where the evidence is. Yep. Well, that's, that's where, uh, you know, instructors, students, you know, about 80% of what they know about gunfights have got to be thrown out because uh, they know it from Hollywood. Um, you know, right. all, all those types of things. And that's where, you know, sometimes when you go along and talk about things it's like, but still the 45 is one shot stopper. Right. And you know, those kind of right. comments, it's like, well, you talk to people that have actually been in gunfights and you'll find uh, complete, completely different answers for it. Well, and it's always funny to me that, you know, we used to have uh, in the martial arts world, right. Uh, we used to have uh, Kung Fu movies is that's how real fights went. And then in the early nineties, the UFC started and we started broadcasting. No, no, these are, two very accomplished people trying to hurt each other. And here's what really works and how this really goes. <laughs> They're very different. They don't look the same. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, just one wheelhouse, boom, you knock the guy down, boom, you take another guy out with, you know, a throat punch and it's over and done with, you know, because they know how to defeat it. And at the same time, they've got their own uh, skills that they're bringing to it. So very, yeah. very interesting. Good comparison. I got a quick question or, you know, today's topic is about building a self, uh, a social media presence. Now you were talking about, mm-hmm. you had your ask channel that bit was very successful four and a half years going on now. And then three years ago, you decided to start up a completely different channel uh, for, it. um, what was the, what was the impetus behind starting another channel, you know, which created just, I mean, you know, creates more work. For you. you know, it creates a lot of work. Right now, we uh, between the two channels, I produce 16 videos a week um, and and put them out on the interwebs. So um, it's a huge amount of work. But really, what it was is that the the main active self protection channel is a one trick pony. It uh, people send me real life surveillance videos of armed robberies, carjackings, muggings, home invasions, uh, and I do after action reports on. Them. And there was so much in there that that in addition that I wanted to teach, like I wanted to be able to teach not just um, what happened in video, but let's go to the range and work on some skills or let's hit the mat and see what kind of works here. Let's talk to a legal expert. Let's, um, you know, and and those things, I thought about it for a while and I could post those to my channel as well, or I could start a second channel. And I talked to kind of some of my mentors in social media and they're like, nah, this is a related but separate topic, John. And so it's an ancillary topic. You should start a new channel for that. And so I did. We uh, we started Active Self Protection Extra uh, September of 2017. So it's almost three years old, and uh, next month it will be. And uh, that that's the channel where all the things that I want to teach in the self defense realm that don't belong in the narrated videos go there. Um, so it's me on the range. It's me taking classes. I am a training junkie myself. I love gun school. And uh, I love martial arts school. And, and so it's me in those environments. It's me teaching handguns, uh, carbines, shotguns. I'm doing a lot of shotgun stuff the last few weeks because there's so much stupidity about shotguns out there in the gunternet. I just have to fight it. So, um, and, and stuff like that. So that's what really started Asp Extra was me going, I want to teach um, and be more directly related. I think there's an ancillary thing there. I think some people were thinking, wait a minute, who is this guy that's talking on YouTube? And they kind of didn't recognize my, my true core is that the, the main YouTube channel came because I wanted my firearms classes to be better. I'm a firearms instructor. Uh, that's my, my core competency. 
uh, and a martial arts instructor. And so I wanted my classes to be better. And that's why we started the videos. But then people knew me and they're like, well, you don't do any of this stuff. You just talk about it. No, no, I actually do it. So that's where the emphasis <laughs> came from. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's uh, re- really interesting. Um, question for you, because you started two channels up a year and a half, two years apart, pretty much. What did you do different when you started the extra channel that um, you learned from doing the, you know, when you initially launched the, the Ask channel? You know, I, I think I did a lot of things the same that are the core foundational principles. Number one, if you're going to succeed on social media, um, we always say it's three rules, right? You've got to uh, create compellingly, you have to post regularly, and you have to engage relentlessly. So I think the big thing that I did on extra different than when I started the main YouTube channel was, is that when I decided to go for it, I went for it. I didn't go halfway. <clears throat> I went all in. So whereas on the main channel, I started throwing a couple videos over there and then it kind of worked. And then, so then I did some more and then I did some more and I did some more and it kind of built up. Um, when we launched extra, I, I launched immediately with a three day a week schedule. Now we're up to a seven day a week schedule now. Um, but so I started much more of that. I also, uh, changed. I, I mean, I, I really wasn't a change. So on main, I've, I've upgraded my equipment several times. Whereas on extra, I said, you know what, um, this is YouTube. I'm not trying to make videos for, um, you know, wide distribution on, on broadcast media or anything like that. So an iPhone with 1080p camera and decent onboard audio, and I'm good. Let's go and hit it. And minimal, minimal, minimal editing. Um, I want them to feel more like a discussion and a we're together on the range or we're together on the mats or we're together in class than um, highly produced content. And so that's kind of where the differences are. Mm -hmm. How much time do you take on producing an extra video compared to like an aspect video time-wise, you know, you put five minutes out, you spend half an hour editing it or, or is it more or less than that? Well, so I don't do any of the editing anymore. I, uh, thankfully one of my, uh, one of my awesome employees, John Masek, uh, who is a, um, a, a rapper and a good friend. Um, he is our executive producer for extra and our video editor for Maine. So, uh, right now mains take about an hour to put together after I've done my work. So once I've done my stuff to put it together, right. And to get it set and to do everything's done is about an hour worth of work. It's probably <clears throat> depending on the video and how we shot it for extra. It's, it, it, it could be as little as 20 minutes, depending, because uh, especially if, if John, who is editing it, filmed it, then he knows where's the good stuff and where's the not good stuff, and he can bang through that stuff pretty quick at this point. Now, now I will say that's from a lot of experience, right? I mean, we've done, there are about 1,800 videos on the main channel, so we do this literally every day, and <clears throat> there's, I think, what? Uh, about a thousand, almost a thousand videos on extra right now, like 800 videos on extra. So we've learned a lot of efficiency to get that quick. Well, that's a, that's a lot of, a uh, lot of content and you, you spend a long time on YouTube watch, watching your videos on both channels to say the least, and then get in yeah, it, it, with it, all the other channels too. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a passion of mine. So that's my number one thing. If you're going to have a YouTube channel, it's gotta be something you're passionate about and you have a deep well of knowledge. Cause if you run out, after 10 videos, well, guess what? Your channel just died, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, uh, shoot, extra right now, I think we have about six weeks, like 45 or 50 videos that are already filmed that I don't have to touch anymore that over the next several weeks and uh, more to come. I, I've got range time coming up uh, this weekend. I'm actually teaching a live class in Iowa. And then uh, 
in the weeks ahead, I've got range time so that I can get more videos filmed and rustle more jimmies. Yep. I completely identify with you because obviously podcast is a little less uh, production, but at the same time, I'm always working several weeks out trying to make sure that, Hey, I've got somebody lined up that, you know, their schedule slips that I can put somebody else in, in the place and, and keep the content rolling. It's uh, it can definitely be a challenge. Well, I got a question for you when it comes to our instructors that this podcast goes out to, what would you go along and suggest to them as far as what steps should they take starting off? Are you talking about starting off as an instructor or starting? No, I mean, starting off at, uh, get, uh, on social media, specifically on, on YouTube, which, you know, I mean, I guess the first thing is, is you need to have, you know, a name, you know, some content focus, things, things along those lines for it. <clears throat> yeah. I, I guess my big thing would be to say, why do you want to have a YouTube channel and what's its point? That's my first big thing. What is it that you want to do? Cause if, if your answer is, well, I want to be famous or I want to be rich. Don't do YouTube. Okay. Um, <clears throat> It, you should expect, if you want to build a YouTube channel, you should not expect it to make you any money for the first three years minimum. Um, expect it to cost you money for the first two years. <clears throat> and then after about three or four years, you can start making a little bit of money at it, maybe, if you're really good at it. And then after five or six, it might pay your bills, if you're really good at it. So if you get in there because you're like, man, I want to quit my job and, and live that crazy YouTube celebrity life, I wouldn't. All right. Start it as a side hustle and start it because you have something to, that you're passionate about and have a focus. Um, this is my mission for this channel. Every single social media channel you have needs to have its own mission. <clears throat> so for instance, my main YouTube channel has a mission. My second YouTube channel has a mission. My Facebook page has a different mission than either one of those two. My Instagram is different than those, than those three. So <clears throat> all of them relating, of course, to teaching good people to keep themselves and their families safe from criminal violence. That's my overarching idea with active self-protection. But if you don't have an idea that says, this is the direction I want to go. Now you can pivot that idea and you can change and evolve as time goes. But if you just go, I don't know, I just want to have something that I talk about. So there, that's uh, probably not going to work. Second thing I would say, have a focus. <clears throat> you might say, yeah, but I'm a really interesting guy because I, I like firearms and motorcycles. I like bourbon. Um, I like uh, cooking and uh, fine art. And so I'm gonna put all those on my channel. Well, those disparate likes and, and desires are cool because you're a complicated individual, but that'll be very difficult to sell as a YouTube channel because the only people that are gonna follow you like all of that stuff too. So you and the nine other people that are into all those same things will do great with that, but everybody mm -hmm. else will struggle. So um, <clears throat> if you want to separate those into different channels, rock and roll, but I'd, I'd stay moderately focused. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you also got to make sure that, you know, you're committed to, ha you know, coming up with good, compelling content, you know, for a hundred percent, you have to go, wait a minute. I mean, there's so much content out there on, on YouTube and on social media. That's just boring. That's not helpful. Uh, there are even big names that have channels that are fairly large that I find to be the most boring people in the universe. And I go, well, gosh, man, I don't understand how anybody watches that. But, um, compelling doesn't mean clickbaity, but it means you're passionate about it and you have something Good to say. Really, on, on YouTube especially, you can only do two things. You can educate people or you can entertain people. Those are the only two ways that you're going to build an audience. It's best if you do both. That's, that, that's good. I hadn't uh, thought about that, but in all the videos that I watch on YouTube, I'm either finding out how to go along and you know take something apart and put it back together, you know, educational, or <laughs> yeah, I'm being entertained. 
buy something, yep, you know, be, uh, somebody's do. doing, um, you know, I don't listen to things where, you know, somebody's trying to convince me and uh, change my mind about it because what do I do? I just go to the next video and just don't spend right. any time. And if they're boring, I don't spend any time uh, doing that either for it. Uh, well, that's uh, great. What would you, what would you be your suggestion? Cause I know like YouTube has their, what I've always heard a 10,000 uh, follower threshold before they start paying you and you can monetize a channel. So how, what would be your suggestions to the instructors out there, the potential, you know, social media people, how, how do they go along and get followers? Besides you have to wait, have a thousand for three subscribers. Years. Okay. Yeah. In, in order to monetize a channel, you have to have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time in a year. So a thousand subscribers is a hard limit and 4,000 hours of watch time over a year are the two limits. Um, so the way that you make those is you do the things that make great content. You produce exceptional videos, great title, great thumbnail, great content from start to finish. Um, <clears throat> that's fun. That's engaging. That's you and post regularly and the subscribers will come. If you, if you make that, that great content, the subscribers will show up. There's no magic formula. There's no secret sauce. It's creating compelling content, posting it all the time and engaging with your fans. If you do that, uh, then you'll be successful. Now, of course, you can network into other platforms as well. If you've got a bunch of friends on Facebook, hey friends, you know, come and follow me in this new journey. Sometimes that'll work a little bit, but generally, you know, if you've got 2,000 friends on Facebook, maybe 100 of them will come over and subscribe to your YouTube channel and how many of them will actually watch your videos? Um, you're, you're better off saying, hey, this is good, compelling content that I'm going to put out and the, the subscribers will come as they do. And, and I do post occasionally to my social platforms, you know, my personal Facebook and stuff like that and go, hey, everybody, this was, a, you know, a special video on Extra or this is a particularly compelling one on Main. And, and, and that'll bring occasional folks over. But really what your key is, is just to focus on making incredible content. So you, you don't think going along cross-posting and on like Facebook and Instagram, the links is, is very helpful. It's not helpful by itself because again, if you're, if your platforms, if your different platforms don't have the same content, then nobody's going to follow you on multiples. Okay. They won't, they won't come. If your Facebook video and you know, is just the same thing as your YouTube, then they'll follow one or the other perhaps, but not both for sure. So each one needs to have its own voice and its own purpose. Um, then the, from there, uh, some cross posting is fine. In fact, I cross post every day, uh, today's YouTube video from Maine and from extra over to my Facebook page. But that's among about 12 different links that I put on the Facebook page on a daily basis. So it can be okay. Um, but, but don't count on that to, to meet your thresholds because it probably won't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it helps you get a little bit started, but it's the content that will go along and help you, uh, blossom into having a lot of great stuff. Um, and the one, one, uh, one Facebook group that I follow with you is you've got a YouTube, uh, coaching, uh, group that you, that you go along and give a lot of different tips and hit and hints out to, as far as for helping people mm -hmm. that are aspiring in social media. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I call it the YouTube and social media success group. I just, you know, uh, I'm pretty good at this YouTube thing and I'm also a tinkerer and a teacher and, uh, I'm uh, also a data nerd, so I'm always looking at my analytics and seeing what works and what doesn't and what YouTube is doing. And uh, I love disproving, um, you know, a lot of my, my firearms friends will go, well, you know, YouTube hates gun content. And I go, that's just utterly untrue, and I have the data to back it up. 
And well, well, you know, they censored Hickok 45 or whatever. Well, maybe we can talk about what happened there in that instance or whatever, but I can, I can prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that's not the case. And what we do in the YouTube and social media success group is we, we really just encourage people to do the work. And uh, social media is work. If you are going to be good at it, you have to work at it. And if you don't do the work, it doesn't work. Shocker. And mm-hmm. so we just tell people this is the work you have to do. And here's how to get that done. And here's some tips on how to do it effectively and things to look for as you gather your audience, whatever arena it's in, to help you be successful and to put in the work in smart ways. Because we are all busy. We all have uh, more things to do than times to do it. And so here's how to do effective work so that you can be as successful as you can be. And, and it's, it's a very laid back group. There's, I think, about 300 or so people doing it. Honestly, I think about 10 of us are actually doing the work. And making the social media go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a whole bunch of looky loose. Yep. I, I lurk at time to time. I've posted a couple times, but definitely not one of the most active members of that group, but do appreciate yeah, I mean, all, it, all the input people have. But you are actually making the podcast every week. You're actually doing <laughs> the work. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd rather have you doing this work and making the podcast than commenting all the time in the Facebook group. Yeah. Well, Facebook has a love-hate relationship with anything because you, you just go along and look at it, especially in today's world between uh, COVID and politics. It's like, you know, skip, 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 skip. And like, oh, that's a, yeah. that's a nice uh, cat uh, cat video. I can, I'll can i sit there and watch that, but I'm not going to spend <laughs> spending my valuable time watching uh, or try, trying to you know see somebody's video on uh, politics or on COVID and stuff. I think that's uh, overkilled at this point on social media. It totally is what agree. it is. Uh, hey, I got a question for you. I've been asking all our guests uh, this year. What books are you reading to uh, enhance your knowledge and skills uh, this year? Well, I think being a student, an, a forever student is so important. I think that if you're not learning and growing and reading, um, then I think you're stagnated. So uh, I, I am a student always. I have uh, taken so far this year about 90 hours of instruction as a student in firearms and deadly force. Uh, and I'm going to finish the year with about 160, I think. Um, I'm also a big reader. So far this year, uh, a couple of the big titles, I read uh, the book Influence by Robert Cialdini. Fantastic book. Really significant uh, discussion of how people make decisions and how we influence them. I'm reading a book right now. Um, it's actually an Audible book called Your Deceptive Mind. It's one of the great courses on Audible. Um, a scientific guide to critical thinking skills, really, really helpful. And um, those are a couple. I've also uh, Scott Young's Ultra Learning, which was a fantastic book that I really appreciated, was really helpful. And um, probably the best one that I read right at the beginning of the year was uh, Jim Mattis's uh, autobiography, Call Sign Chaos. A really fantastic book about leadership at a um, at a personnel level at a strategic level and at an executive level. Um, really good book that, that helped me uh, quite a bit there. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of reading and I try to read a lot, self-help, marketing, um, personal development. I, of course, I mean, I, I'd be a fool if I forgot to mention that the only book I read every day is my Bible. So uh, <laughs> that's, in, that's in every single day of the week um, thing. I wake up in the morning, spend some time in prayer, read my Bible, and then get about me. Yep, that's good. Uh Good, good schedule there. Starting off the day with the with a good book and everything. But yeah, those are some great books. Uh, we haven't 
had people uh, come up with those books uh, so far this year. There have been a few duplicates, but those are definitely some uh, unique ones, and I will put those into the show notes so that our loyal listeners can go along and look them up if they're uh, feeling so inclined. John, where can, more, where can people find more about John Korea and uh, Active Self-Protection? Uh, well, our website is a great place, ActiveSelfProtection.com, especially if you want to know my background bio. Um, we also have bios up for our CEO, Stephanie, and our CMO, Neil, um, a couple others. Uh, the YouTube channel, just YouTube.com slash ActiveSelfProtection, or just load up your YouTube app and search Active Self-Protection. You'll find us there. Facebook, Instagram, same thing. And, uh, or, you know, I'm always available. I, I have a public figure page, John Korea, and uh, a Facebook profile. If anybody needs some help from me in any way, I'm happy to. Very good. Very, very accessible over, uh, I, I found, um, I've, we've uh, been at SHOT Show. We've been at uh, the USCCA Expo and such. And I've always found you, Stephanie, and the whole gang, very approachable and uh, fun to talk to also. So that's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, this is, um, a significant opportunity for us to help people. And I, I will say that as a, as a YouTube kind of a, you know, B-list YouTube celebrity at this point, um, you know, the way that you treat anybody is the way that you treat everybody. And so I try to uh, remember and recognize that, you know, they had that memento mori thing, you know, when, when Caesar would come home from a big battle and be victorious, he always had somebody walking behind him and saying, memento mori, remember you are mortal. Remember, you are mortal. You ain't you ain't all that, buddy. And so that's pretty much Stephanie for me. You know, she's like, "Hey, uh, that's great, John, but you, it's your turn to wash the dishes tonight." And, uh, that's, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Let's get it done. <laughs> yep, there you go. And uh, you know, being out there and, and helping people, uh, you're doing a great service to the firearm industry and the and the uh, community as a whole. So thanks for all, all the work you do there, John. Uh, thanks for the encouragement. I really appreciate it. Um, well, that's a wrap for this episode. And we have a few requests for our loyal listeners. Share this episode on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Encourage others to listen and subscribe. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions on guests to have, or feedback, please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Give social media a try and stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.